0: Hello, and welcome to the Headache Doctor podcast. We're on this podcast. It's our mission to educate and empower everyone with headaches and migraines so that you can break free from a life of fear of your next headache or migraine and dependence on medication. In today's podcast, I have been thinking about how I, we've, we've gone into a lot of different topics over the years. And when I started, I talked a lot about the neck and specifically what we did here at Novera Headache Center. Now, year after year, which I think this is uh, year three, um, we've we we've dove into interviews with other providers and different topics that we've branched out into. And so it's been partially uh, my own journey, which has been super fruitful in understanding as a provider uh, what else is out there as I interview these other uh, providers that I have on the podcast. So, you all are learning alongside me on this journey. And so, um, it's been a ton of fun. But one thing I want to get back to with this podcast, because uh, if, you, if you've listened to the last um, six months or so, I don't know if I've really laid out clearly in detail what our stance is when it comes to treating someone that has headache or migraine symptoms. So about once a year I try to cycle back and have a sort of cornerstone podcast that I um I send people to in order to to really get into the nuts and bolts of what we do and how that uh, is helpful for you the listener who you're you're struggling you're trying to find solutions out there. Uh, you have these symptoms, they're debilitating, it's hard to live your life, it's hard to go to work, you're losing days at work, you're losing days with family, but uh, the medication you're taking is just not cutting it. And maybe if it does help, there's side effects to the meds that uh, you you are maybe equally debilitating or um, you just want to get off the meds. You want an alternative solution. And so the, the solution is just... It's hard to find. It's challenging. There's not many people out there that are talking about the root cause of headaches or migraines. And so I want to give you a brief sort of history and why that is, and then we'll go into the difference between, uh, or I guess more so the similarities between uh, what we'd call in the traditional diagnosis Western medicine model, a cervicogenic headache. Uh, so what would be classified as cervicogenic headache and what we classify as a migraine, okay? We're going to talk about the confusion because of a lot of the overlapping symptoms there. Uh, and then I want you all to understand the mechanics of the neck and why the neck is important to evaluate, why it's so hard for people to eva- find someone to evaluate their neck. And so if if you've heard me touch on the neck and the things around the neck, and uh, one of more recent podcast where I did talk about this was uh, the connection between the shoulder tension and the neck, and we get into some of the mechanics. And and I know that was helpful for a lot of people. I've had a lot of people reach out because of that episode. So hopefully this is another one where you guys, it just sort of hits home and uh, things start to click. So when understanding the history of the migraine diagnosis, um, it goes back to uh, really a few neurologists that uh, in, so in the early 1900s, they would observe people with migraine symptoms and then document it. So they would they would journal about what they were uh, seeing and then they would classify it. Uh, and then over the years, uh, they uh, so there, there's different um, there's different articles or like um, observations about headache or migraine symptoms. But it wasn't until the '80s that the International Headache Society came up with what's called the International Classification of Headache Disorders, and this is what's used for anyone that has head or facial pain. Uh, they the physician will pull from this list of headache disorders, uh, the different diagnoses, and they'll provide you with the diagnosis that most uh, that most closely matches your symptoms, and so. In the 80s, we sort of got clear on what the different categories of headache and migraine uh, symptoms were, head pain and uh, how they present. As we know, when we have, uh, when you have migraine symptoms, you have light sensitivity, uh, sensitivity to sounds, you have uh, maybe nausea, vomiting, you uh, potentially have numbness, tingling, maybe there's an aura, visual disturbance. There's all sorts of different types of symptoms, and that's where uh, it uh, was helpful to classify classify people into different scenarios, okay? And so what we have to do today uh, is understand, and, and this is from me sitting here at Novera Headache Center where I've, I've treated people with headaches and migraines for um, seven years now. I've owned this practice for five years, and we've helped hundreds and hundreds of people uh, find relief outside of medication for migraines, okay? They're legitimate migraines. It's not just like, oh, these people must have had a neck issue, and it doesn't apply to me in my situation. No, we've seen just about every type of headache or migraine presentation improve with what we're doing, okay? So um, as these headaches have been classified, what's happened with this migraine category, it's sort of floated into this bucket in this realm of just being a neurological problem. And uh, what that means is they call it a primary headache disorder, uh, meaning there's no other origin. It's just the, the nervous system, our central nervous system, our brain, sort of just creates this problem. So it's a mixture of chemicals and signals, and the brain just, like, you're, you're just uh, destined to have it until you potentially grow out of it in your late 50s, 60s, something like that. So that's, that's sort of the prognosis if you get the diagnosis of migraine. And then you're managing it with medication. Um, So largely because these observations have been just that. They've been observations of people with these symptoms. And then we observe what medication does. And when the medication helps, we uh, will jump to conclusions like, well, it's a blood pressure issue or it's a neurological issue because when you take antidepressants or anti-seizure meds, it helps. Um, Or it's a blood pressure issue because when you take propanolol, which is... Uh, generally, more blood pressure, heart-related type of medication that helps, and so there's different scenarios, um, or or even studying what what happens within the brain when you have a migraine. It's uh, we see this cortical spreading depression, um, a change in the actual uh, the the signals that are being sent throughout the brain, throughout the cortex. Uh, they they kind of slow down, and so. That's it. It's actually not unreasonable to say, well, this is just the brain um, creating this environment that presents with a visual disturbance, an aura, debilitating pain, and so the the medication leads to the reasoning behind why this is happening, which then leads to more medication. And so, if you're understanding this, it's just sort of this vicious cycle, and we need something to break that cycle. And what we need to break that cycle is something that provides a reasonable explanation for the symptoms and is treatable outside of medication. So medication is manipulating chemicals and different components of the pain pathway so that you don't feel it, so that you don't feel or experience, whether it's inflammation or the pain signal itself. And so even the latest and greatest drugs, which are a lot of these CGRP drugs, Hey guys, if you are listening to this podcast, the chances are you have headaches or migraines and you're searching for relief outside of medication. Well, maybe you've tried different products on the market or devices, traction units, things like that, but they haven't really scratched that itch and provided you with the relief you're looking for. Well, what we've done here at Novera is taken the principles that we teach and abide by in our in-person care and come up with a product that allows you to apply those same pressures and improving mobility to the upper part of your neck at home. You see, it's called the SAM device, Simple Affordable Migraine Relief. And the device allows you to improve mobility to the upper part of your neck And we are excited to announce that it's available today on our website. Visit NoveraHeadacheCenter.com, click on the SAM device page where you can look at videos and learn more about the SAM product and purchase it for yourself and start treating your headaches and migraines more naturally without medication. Again, that's NoveraHeadacheCenter.com and click on the SAM device page to purchase your very own SAM device today. interventions they they're just shutting off a protein uh, that's used uh by our body to transmit a pain signal and so if we if we shut off pain we can't claim to say hey now we know why uh you have this problem so you got better um you got better meaning your symptoms are masked but that doesn't mean we understand what's happening and that's essentially what the healthcare system currently is saying so um, if you if you meet a provider that says the source of your migraines is is just neurological and we know that with 100% confidence um they can't they can't necessarily know that um it's not that there's something deeper than that and our healthcare system will admit that that we don't know why we don't know the source of this we just know what the brain does when you are experiencing a migraine so when it comes to what we do here at Novara Headache Center, and what we're leaning into to try to change, is we're connecting the neck to these migraine symptoms. Okay, so we talked about I talked about primary headache, so meaning um, it's in a category of headaches where there's no other origin, or at least that's what they're saying, and cervicogenic headache would be a secondary headache. So there's something else that's causing it. So we'd way rather have a secondary headache because if we treat the thing that's causing the headache, then the headache goes away, all right? So this classification system that over the years, since the 80s, we've used and has become more and more robust, meaning they add different types of headaches, add different types of presentations, um, it largely leads you down a road of medication because if you get the diagnosis of migraine, well, that's a primary headache. So a primary headache doesn't have a secondary origin. And so why would, why would you look at the neck with your migraine? All right. And that's where people, they find my podcast. They listen to the podcast. They say, well, migraines aren't from the neck. It's not all from the neck. And so this guy's, you know, he doesn't know what he's talking about. Um, but, I, which is fine. Um, you're entitled to your opinion. Uh, it's just hard to sit here when I've, when we've had hundreds and hundreds of people with this migrant diagnosis get better. And it's, uh, it, it feels like my responsibility to just shout this from the rooftops because um, it's a lot of fun to see people get better. And I want that for you. I want that for you, the listener. Okay. So trying to be helpful, uh, in understanding the origin of headache or migraine symptoms, we're going to look at the neck and we're going to look at shoulders and jaw. All right. So when we're looking at a source of pain, it, it has to, it almost always is coming from somewhere in the musculoskeletal system. Okay. So if you have knee pain, just for example, if you have knee pain, all right, there are things like rheumatoid arthritis, uh, which would just, uh, mean that you have a, uh, a level of inflammation that's higher, a higher level of inflammation than, um, or you just have inflammation uh, in the joint uh, as opposed to someone that doesn't have RA, okay? But knee pain, if you have knee pain, we would assume that there's something in your knee that's causing inflammation, okay? Now, when it comes to just going with the example of our lower body, there are scenarios where the knee can hurt from the hip, so the hip can have a problem and your knee will feel it, all right? That's called referred pain. And so there are scenarios where we think, okay, my knee hurts. Um, I'm going to assume it's my knee. It could be my hip, but we're we're thinking it's the musculoskeletal system. So there's something wrong with the joint, um, with the tendon, with ligaments. Uh, something's not happy there, okay? So when it comes to the head and, and pain in the head, we want to apply those same type of principles. So um, the, thing that's, the thing that's tricky about headaches is one, your head hurts and your head's kind of a vital part of uh, living. Like we want to make sure there's nothing wrong with the brain. And so it's natural for physicians to uh, go to the MRI, the CT scan, the X-ray. And when they do that, it's um, screening for the things that uh, are going to be the the scarier things, the things that could really be life-threatening. Uh, our healthcare system is really good at... Uh, catching those things and and treating those things. So keeping you alive. But if if you're fine and they don't find those things, which is a very high percentage of people, uh, I would say like 95% of people are not going to have the life-threatening thing that's causing the headache. And by the way, um, just by how your headache presents, it should be relatively easy, um, or at least there are signs and symptoms that point to a more benign situation and others that would point to a more serious situation. Okay. So if you're in the category of people, which if you're listening to this, I can almost guarantee you, you are where you don't have, um, the thing that the imaging found, then what you're dealing with is just this idea of your, your brain just creates this scenario where you have debilitating pain and these other symptoms. So, um, what we want to understand is that Evaluating the neck at, with a still image, it's um, it's just a a piece of the picture. So an MRI, an X ray to your neck is not going to paint the full story. And so, when it comes to physical therapy, in my background, the reason that I'm sitting here talking about headaches now is because I've been trained on how to look at and restore movement problems. While physical therapists generally don't work on the neck, they're not as comfortable working on the neck, especially when it comes to headache and migraine symptoms. But what, we, uh, what we've what we come to understand is that our head weighs 10 to 12 pounds. It sits on a very mobile neck, especially the, the upper couple joints in the neck. So the head sitting on C1, so the head sitting on the first bone, the first bone is, is kind, of, kind of cupping the base of the skull and it allows us to nod like this. So about 10 degrees of nodding. Now, most people have a forward head position, their head's cocked back. They've lost that nodding. Uh, and so there's tension that builds up. The other thing that they could lose with the the OA joint, the head sitting on the first bone is the OA joint. Uh, when you side bend that, that at the Atlas, the first bone should shift right and left. Okay. So if your head's tipped to one side, you've trained that bone to kind of rest in that position. And then we lose the, the movement that we should have. All right. So it's like holding up a bowling ball. It's very mobile. And uh, there's stress placed through the neck uh, with our activity level throughout the day or lack thereof or trauma or car accidents, things like that. Uh, The other joint that we wanna consider is C1 and C2. So c one shaped like a donut. It sits on C2, which has a thumb-like structure that the donut-shaped bone, C1, uh, rotates around. It does about half of our rotation. So when you look left or look right, half of your rotation should come from C1 and C2. So what we're finding... Nearly everyone that we work with that has migraine symptoms has lost. Usually it's both OA nodding, okay? So C1 and C, or uh, the head sitting on the first bone nodding, and then rotation, all right? So that's, in large part, what we're finding. That's what we're seeing. Now, what happens there, which is super interesting, is the upper part of the neck will take on a level of stress, and there's irritation, and there's pain, okay? So there's pain here at the upper part of the neck, base of the skull. When that pain signal uh, ramps up, it will refer pain, oftentimes refer pain, uh, in a ram's horn presentation. So it starts in the back of the neck, wraps up uh, into the eye. Now, the the thing that is tricky uh, for a healthcare system is that the, the neck um, and how it refers pain is nuanced. So the fact that you have head pain, we can... Um, we need to look at the neck. We need to understand if the neck has an issue, all right, which means we, we have to go past the x-ray, we have to go past the MRI and look at movement, and then not just general movement, but specific movement to the C1, C2, the OA joint, so these upper joints in the neck. And then if there's restrictions there, and if that's sensitive, then we have to treat that um, it's like the low hanging fruit. It's just, it's like your knee hurts and you treat the knee Well, you, you treat the knee. If the knee doesn't improve, um, you start thinking outside of that. Okay. But, uh, if we take this conservative approach of assuming your neck has a problem, uh, evaluating your neck, oh, there is a problem. Oh yeah. And, and during the initial eval, or when I first work with you, I can kind of refer that pain. I, I can reproduce that pain signal. It's a really good sign that your symptoms are coming from your neck. So it refers pain. Uh, it can also the alarm signal of that pain can be loud enough that it impacts other sensory inputs. So we see things like uh, potentially numbness and tingles, numbness and tingling, a visual disturbance, an aura, um, sensitivities to lights and sounds. So the the impact of this pain signal on our brain and the pathway that it travels to go from our neck to our head. It gets the location wrong, and then it can impact other sensory inputs, so that we're just kind of sensitive to to any sort of harsh input when we get this signal, and that's where it's confusing because it's like um, when you when you're, when your head hurts and you have nausea and you have light sensitivity and sound sensitivity and you have a visual disturbance, it just sort of feels like that shouldn't just be the neck. Um, but when you look at the anatomy and the neuroanatomy and how our brains respond to pain, it actually does uh, make quite a bit of sense. And then you match that up clinically with what we're doing and getting the results we're getting and seeing people's neck mobility improve where all these people with migraines have neck problems. And it gets to be a lot of fun because people get off of meds and they start getting their life back. And it's, uh, yeah, I just love what I do. So there's, um, If we go a little deeper, when I'm talking about referred pain and the pain from the neck uh, traveling to the head, there's actually this nucleus or this coming together of all these nerves in the head and the face and the neck, and it's, it's called the trigeminal cervical nucleus. And it's important because that's where a signal, a pain signal from the upper part of the neck will meet up with other sensory inputs like the trigeminal nerve, which picks up sensation and pain signals from the face. And so it meets up in that nerve and then it sends a common signal to the brain. And we don't actually perceive pain until it hits our cortex, until it reaches our brain. And so when we receive the pain signal, our brain has to interpret and sort of break down where it's coming from, the type of signal, those types of things. Now, if the signal's really loud, then we have this sort of like over- responsiveness of the brain. It's demanding attention and it's demanding um, that we do something about it. Uh, And for a lot of people, it's sleep, right? Like you just go into a dark room and you have to get away from any loud noises, any sounds uh, because it's just too much. It's too much for your brain to handle. And believe it or not, um, the, the neck problem can be that noisy and that angry because a very mobile neck and these muscles are trying really hard to hold up our 10 to 12 pound head. And if this has been going on for years and years or decades, it can just be really tired and really angry. And so you sleep and you reset and then you're back into it, meaning you might feel better, but it's just going to kind of, it's always going to be there. The tension in your neck is just a matter of how bad it is. And if it's going to be, um, tip over the edge of that threshold leading to a headache or migraine or not. Okay. so the the other element that makes this whole conversation a little bit confusing or hard for people to completely buy into is because, well, what about diet? What about hormones? What about pressure changes? Uh, what about dehydration? Uh, what about stress? Okay. So all these different things impact threshold. And so in this environment where a where neck is the problem and uh, we're receiving this pain signal the environment that we receive the pain signal in is impacted by stress. It's impacted by hormones. Uh, It's impacted by um, pressure changes. It's impacted uh, by the foods we eat and inflammation. And that's where those other providers I have on uh, are super helpful in helping us break that side of it down. But the source of pain itself, um, we need to find the origin of that. And that's where the diagnosis circling back to earlier, cervicogenic headache just means headache from the neck. So, When these patients come to us with the migraine diagnosis, it doesn't necessarily matter what your diagnosis in the past has been. Uh, We've seen just about every type of headache or migraine get better, and so we care about your symptoms. We care about how your pain presents because it tells us different things. Is it more of a general muscle tension? Is it more of uh, just the left side or the right um, is it constant? Does it come and go? And and these two things tell us they give us a picture of the health of your neck and how your body uh, is is perceiving this pain signal because the the pain itself is not completely to be trusted. But there are um, there are patterns that we see that give us information. And because we're looking at, at it with a different framework, we we're not totally trusting these diagnoses that people get. So we have to think, okay. Now, this cervicogenic headache causing um, all of these other symptoms, just like a migraine, does that mean that uh, we're dealing with a lot of cervicogenic headaches? Uh, I think we are, but the traditional cervicogenic headache is really just my neck hurts, it hurts when I turn, I've got a kink in my neck, and then it shoots up into my head. But if you're not telling your physician that, um, well, even if you tell your physician that, they may not Actually diagnose you with cervicogenic headache because it's not a very common commonly known uh, diagnosis. But um, the even in that scenario, they they may not provide you with that diagnosis, especially if the pain's debilitating. Because that the debilitating nature of this is uh, what'll tip people into migraine, um, which I've I've talked about that before. But it's it can be helpful to use the diagnosis of migraine because it communicates something to. to um, whoever you're, you're talking to, it, it communicates that I'm debilitated and these are terrible and I can't come to work. Uh, whereas if you just say like, I have a cervicogenic headache, no one really knows what that means. So, um, as far as you getting better, we have to understand that the neck needs to be evaluated. We have to understand that it needs to be treated from a movement perspective and evaluated from a movement perspective. And that's the low hanging fruit. And if we, uh, work on this and it improves, um, then we can get off meds and we we can find this relief that we're looking for uh, and we understand more of the source of what's happening, okay? So there's my uh, 20, 30-minute, yeah, we're almost at 25 minutes here, uh, snapshot of how cervicogenic headaches and migraine is uh, the similarities there and the overlap and um, how we can't trust our diagnosis and what the framework that we work off of here at Novera, I just every now and then I just want to be super clear on that because uh, I know I touch on it a lot. But this again, this is intended to be kind of a cornerstone podcast. Where if you have not fully understood what our process or what our approach is, uh, or if maybe you're you're trying to look for a podcast to send to someone and say listen to this one, I would love that to be this podcast because. Um, this is, I'm just so passionate about it. I love it because it's fun to help people, um, and, and see the dramatic change in their life. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to the headache doctor podcast, where as always, it's our mission to educate and empower everyone with headaches and migraines so you can break free from a life of fear of your next headache or migraine and dependence on medication. I'll see you next time. Hey guys, I just wanted to say thank you so much for listening to the Headache Doctor podcast. I know that you have a lot of options and how you spend your time and how you consume information around headaches and migraines. I just wanted a quick ask because the only way that we grow this podcast and continue this mission is if you subscribe, share this podcast, and of course, leave us a five-star review. Those are cherished and it makes my day when I see someone's story come through as a five-star review and how this podcast podcast has been able to help you. Thank you so much again for listening to the Headache Doctor podcast, and I'll see you next week.